0: sweat equity podcast and streaming show the number one comedy business podcast
1: in the world Whoa. what award did we just win comedy bid comedy podcast of the year from the southern state business awards dude southern state can that's you like, believe it that's like the michelin oh star
0: of approval from podcast southern yeah. state awards yes Guys, we're fucking crushing it. Numbers are going up. We're feeling good. Our boners still going up. Listen to us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Put a little, you know, follow us. If you want to be a superhuman, you hit that little bell every time an episode comes out so you know you get a notification. Uh, Give us a little review if you haven't. Five star. Don't push it. Be our BFFs. Hey, man. Do you know plenty of today's occupations didn't exist a decade ago? No. Like e-sports game coach? No. Or cryptocurrency analyst? That should be snake oil salesman. From Etsy seller to podcast producer, new opportunities to build a career propping up every day. That's why you've got to get hooked up with Squarespace. It's the ultimate tool for professionals to use to build a site, market your brand, and sell anything. That includes yourself. I'm going to skip a lot of
1: that copy. Yeah, I'm surprised you went back to that one.
0: And uh, oh, I like the beginning of that. So what you going to do? Holler if you hear me go on uh, our episode description. Hit the link in the description for your free trial. Hook us up. Hook yourself up with a little discount action. That's what we like to call the Double Dutch Rudder 69 B2B. We totally
1: say it all the time. <laughs> You know what a double, double Dutch, Dutch, Dutch rudder, rudder is? Rudder 69B2B.
0: Google that without your kids around. Uh, it's pretty funny. Uh, and when you're ready to launch and purchase a website or domain, let's Squarespace know. You heard it on the drop-down from us podcast, Sweat Equity. hmm Yeah. Because we'd like we'd like a legit sponsorship from them, not an affiliate link. Yeah. Let's really cool. get it going with Brendan Cobb. Haddy Daddy. It's called Sweat Equity. <laughs>
2: listening to the sweat equity podcast
0: ready i'm good Here to go, go. you uh, you good bud
2: i am good yeah
0: all right uh we let all our guests that come on the show for the first time <laughs> do a couple things number one tell us about yourself can you tell the crowd uh who you are where to find you anything to promote uh any of that
2: Yeah, thanks, guys, for having me on. So my name is Brandon Cobb. I've been doing marketing for just over 15 years now, Uh, have helped small to medium and even uh, large corporations uh, continue to grow and profit. And, you know, I definitely uh, emphasize or specialize in the fact of making uh, marketing be able to Prove its return on investment, and not just doing uh, some type of marketing efforts without uh, being able to attribute it. So, um, I guess that's what I I take uh, joy in um, is is uh, making sure that that the company uh, is growing from all its efforts. But also, I would say my my why of of doing this is I like to find companies that are are doing good for. The world, or contributing something to the world, doesn't. It is not like a charity or something like that, but like doing something of value to the world. Progressive. Uh, yeah, it, it could be a product, it could be a service, but it's something that that is useful to people, and and those are the companies I want to see continue to uh, to profit and grow, so they can keep providing that value and do it at a larger scale.
0: Oh yeah, we look. We love uh, anybody who talks marketing. And ROI on this show, because that's what we kind of, that's our kind of mantra is if without ROI, you don't really exist if you're doing any kind of marketing or strategy, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Outside consulting. It sounds like it's a lot of uh, reporting as well, from what I can tell. Well, you must be big on just, I mean, you said attribution, but I mean, we can get the nitty gritty. Yeah,
0: you're, you're knee deep. You've been more into reporting the last few years than I have, but like it. Look, it's a huge issue, um, but before we get into that, um, this is the other thing we ask someone who comes on for the first time. What advice would you give your 13-year-old self?
2: My 13-year-old self would be to...
0: Yeah, we're super deep on this prob-
2: show. Yeah, probably... <laughs>
0: probably uh, Dude, we blindsided just, him. Just understand. We blindsided you. We blitzkrieged you. No, no, I think, I
2: think it's about, um, that, that learning and experience compounds. And, um, and so, you know, I would say like for me, I didn't necessarily, I mean, I did well in high school. I did well in undergraduate, but I didn't necessarily take those too seriously. It wasn't until I did my MBA where, um, I started taking the, the schooling seriously uh, but then also, like experience-wise, you, you took. You know, when you're starting off and you're you're that young, you're taking on uh, in the years ahead some jobs that you may just find as summer jobs, or that they're not going to be really uh, that applicable to your your overall career. But there's lessons learned in all of those jobs that uh, can be can bring you something of value to you later. And and you may not find out what that value is till later, but. Uh, but
0: just be open-minded. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking of a scenario. Let's say he did go back in time to his 13-year-old self, and he just yelled, "Learning and experience compounds, <laughs> and then just bounces. Yeah. And you're like, "What the? F- what was that? Um, uh, I don't know why I got that visual in my head, but uh, maybe I was
1: thinking of the new. If that's a new answer. We haven't gotten that one. I don't think.
0: Yeah, out of that's hundreds of
1: guests. you know, yeah. that that's unique.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody talks about start. Sa- I could have saved earlier and start saving money compounds, but I mean, experience and, and learning compounds too. So,
0: so give us, uh, can you kind of give us your resume, Cliff Notes style? Like, what, where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? That kind of thing.
2: Yeah, I'm from Ohio originally, um, uh, about an hour. Oh, H. Columbus, Ohio. Nice. And, uh, Brilliant, yeah, so,
1: brilliant stuff coming I, out of Ohio. I, I pander to my Ohio people really in the crowd. <laughs> God, just so meta.
2: You guys know what a buckeye is?
1: It's like a, a bean, nut? isn't it?
2: <laughs> I go nut, poisonous, he
1: goes bean. Maybe,
2: poisonous nut. Maybe yeah. Poisonous
1: nut. Okay. Nice.
2: But uh yeah, for, so grew up in Ohio, an hour west of Columbus, um, hour north of Dayton, small town. Went to Toledo for uh, both the undergraduate and the graduate school, and now I reside in uh, San Diego, California. I had did uh, a few years in LA uh, before moving down here, but i um, very happy where I'm at, you know. Right I saw now.
0: I saw the West LA area code number, and I was like, nice, this guy's serious. You got that 310 area code number? Dude, solid.
2: Yeah, so when I moved from Ohio to LA, uh, you know, LA is weird like that. You, you need a Find ways to get doors opened and and things. And I had a nine three seven number coming from Ohio, but immediately when I moved to LA, I changed it to three one zero because I figured people would answer up, you know, answer the lines a, a little bit more if you're calling from a local number.
0: Oh, I was saying this before we got on the mics, but I was telling Eric, I was like, that's it's coveted. It, it actually is tough to get a three ten area code number because it it's it's associated with people like living large on you know Santa Monica West Side West LA. Beverly Hills kind of area.
2: Yeah, specifically West L.A. And I think they're out of numbers now. So yeah, yeah. Um, the only way you get a number is by somebody giving up a number, you know, and, and briefly it opens up. So
1: oh, it's going to turn into like a, there's some Middle Eastern country where they all try to get the lowest number license plate. And like number one is like millions of dollars. It's <laughs> going to turn into that. <laughs> where it's like it's Highlander. Like the lower, yeah, the lower the number you get, the better, the cooler you are.
0: Yeah, yeah yeah I mean, the 310 status is like it what, when were you, when did you live out in L.A?
2: So I picked up that number in 2015, I believe.
0: Okay, yeah,
2: beginning of 2015.
0: I yeah. lived out there 06 to like 2010, and like if you had that, if you had a 310, you're legit, but like you got that 818 dude, 818 till I die. Mm-mm. scammer Central. <laughs> it's like having a Boca Raton area code number. Five, six, I'm not six, gonna
1: get a new phone number, so I'm not really banging. 561,
0: dude? Yeah, I know. I, I just think it's fun. I think it's funny how these things exist. Like in New York 212 is really tough to get because that's Manhattan old school first area code. Yeah. Yeah. Call me Graham Bell, dog. Um. No. Call me No. Call me the to. Call me the Boost Mobile. <laughs> Alexander Graham Bell. Um, so you get down to San Diego, you're down in San Diego now, right? Um I am, yeah. And your why is really, uh, I, I think, similar. I, I don't want to speak for Eric, but similar to kind of how I feel. It's like, I just like being a part of the story of getting them from X to Y. You know, you, want, you came to the office or we had an intro call, you were here. I was part of that formula to help you get to there, right? I'm not going to be mm-hmm. around forever as part of the agency or, or help, but, uh, you know, ideally the best clients you grow with
2: them. Yeah, for the last year or two, that's what I've been doing is is really this fractional work where it's it's hop in, hop out um and uh set up some infrastructure, set up a like a scalable system and then and then uh let people get to work on that, but um I yeah. don't know if that's what I'll be doing forever. Uh you know, I I'll still take an in-house job, but it's also uh, uh this is working out well in a lot of different ways for me right now, so
0: yeah I mean Eric and I were doing fractional c m o work before we heard what the term was because we were just doing it because you just kind of had to do it yeah you had to kind of take them soup okay. to nuts on everything yeah. and organize them and give them like a strategy and goals and we were already doing it we just were too we you didn't know that a was the cool thing name for yeah. it
1: like fractional c m o
0: and so now uh now I've been acting as a fractional c m o for clients and it's great because it has it comes in with that built in like hey uh you know you only got me for part of a week technically or or like it's going to have an interim time frame if they're trying to find a a full-time solution kind of thing so i prefer that better than worrying about hey i got them on retainer from my agency standpoint and they might they might just bounce you know at the end of the contract
1: you get to do the bouncing
0: well it's just it's a little bit more you come in with a little bit more authority too than uh like a lot of people give agencies credit for, I found
1: because mm-hmm, they'll treat mm-hmm.
0: you like the peon rep that a lot of bigger agencies send over to talk to clients. kind yeah, of executives, I that. right? But yeah. you come in as that, a fractional sense, CMO, yeah. you're like, do this, don't do this, we shouldn't do this. You know, here's a plan, let's follow that, and you don't have to uh, sit around and do all the pesky stuff.
2: Yeah, I think it works out for everybody because when you're working with multiple clients at the same time, you know, you're gathering. Uh, insights and and um, concepts of, of what's working, what's not working for other clients and other situations, you're able to implement or, or suggest things that are, you know, that, that's the right fit for them. And, and yeah, they don't have to overly commit, but they're also getting the good quality arrangement. So yeah, I agree with that.
0: So make no mistake, marketing attribution is wild. It's volatile if you really look at how many people, how people... Uh, you know, report their marketing, uh, the analytics performance attribution, how uh, it, and it's so crazy to me, the spectrum of different ways people look at it. Some business owners look at nothing, but want the report. Uh There's some that want the details and want to ask you everything. Uh There's some that, uh, you know, are really like concerned about, social media presence when they don't really need it and that's not really the strategy but they get stuck on it because they use Mm -hmm. it all the time you know like tell us how how you got into attribution what what do you think the biggest thing going on where where it, it, it gives this different uh variety there's so many different ways people look at marketing uh reports
2: yeah so you know i think um what got me interested in it originally is, you know, I held previous marketing jobs where there were, I was held to no proof of, of um, what it's doing to the revenue, but I was in one marketing job where I was getting compensated partially off of the amount of sales that's being done. And so um, at that point in time, I didn't need to prove, Hey, this marketing is doing X to the sales, but uh, it was to my own benefit to, to see more sales. So, um, that, I think, is what originally uh, triggered me. And, and, you know, in a lot of ways, even there, they were happy because the sales were I mean, they were outpacing the market of, of what other what the market was doing in general on a percentage basis. And like so there was no need to dive into the weeds and the details of, of attributing it. But they they could see from the final result that, uh, you know, the marketing's working of sorts because they're doing well. But then I go into other jobs where, um, you know, I've had a lot of times I've been asked, hey, present this plan to a CFO or a CEO. Uh, and I present the plan, and sometimes I've had the chance to go run with it. And, um, you know, uh, I, I think, I mean, majority of the times it, it fortunately has worked out, and I but there's reason. It was an educated, like, projection here. So the thing is that... Um, when I get the chance to run with something, uh, like I said, I mean, the track record's pretty good, but there's sometimes when I present a plan to CFOs or CEOs and, and they are, um, they, they just, they, they don't, they don't want to sign off on it or don't fully believe it's going to work. And then, so it never even gets into action. And then, so, um, this is what triggered me to want to really learn, okay, not, well, it's from two sides. One, from the projection side, how do you truly project it out? But then two, afterwards, proving it so you continue to get the sign-offs on the budget. So for me, it's really about just getting, making sure I always have access to do the campaigns I need to do. And, uh, you know, you mentioned there's lots of ways to to do attribution, and I think, um, you know, many people probably have heard on this podcast the the um, first touchpoint attribution, the last touchpoint attribution, and the uh, multi-touchpoint. We should attribution. we
0: should be explaining that, but I don't know if we we do because it it gets kind of granular for people. And we'll uh, as you explain it, we'll see if we can find more of like a metaphor to kind of bring it all back out because yeah,
1: not everybody wants to go that deep.
0: Yeah, I mean, we talk. We we're marketing heavy, and in, in the talk on this show more yeah. more entrepreneurship kind of heavy. But uh, why don't you go ahead and explain? Because uh, and look, take a if you need to take a smoke, take a uh, get a margarita. You see, you seem a little wound up for someone who's over in, in San Diego. So it's just a conversation. I hope this isn't, doesn't feel like interrogation. I mean, we're yeah, two yeah. two du- dicks and uh, TikTok or t- tank tops, ah. I'm having a stroke But we're It's just a convo I, But I know I think I was looking at yeah. you Explaining everything And I was like Oh I wonder if he has a thing Sometimes I'll get Where you have like the And the next thing I gotta make sure to say This next thing And the next thing And I'm trying to say it formally But uh-huh. you know
1: It definitely helps yeah. people In that scenario To feel just, better And more secure When you sit Hey you we're all friends Point it out
0: We're all friends Yeah no By yeah, by bringing it up We're all buddies We'll edit it out and post You love doing that Wow yeah. <laughs> No, do yeah, want you? To, I just, good. No, I'm no, I just not, I don't oh, want yeah, you to been, feel like you have to be too formal, you know.
2: Sure, sure, yeah, and I appreciate that. I I'm usually a pretty intense type of guy, um, so I, that's that's
1: I, just me uh, too. The, the way I've been, I been called end, that a lot. Appreciate, it.
2: yeah.
1: Brandon, yeah. would you rather be covered in bees or spiders?
2: Man, uh, bees, bees.
1: Yeah, that's what I said too bees all day you you didn't even answer I said bees nuts yeah you see that's not an answer that's a you deflect
0: that's pretty funny though Um, bees for sure
1: bees yeah I thought it would be a better I mean okay
0: anyway I
1: really needed to know that we
0: like look this is a podcast that's entrepreneurship plus silly time uh, fun time jokes and would you rathers yeah uh, yeah that's
2: the the unique thing about this one it looks like you guys like to have some fun so well I mean um, how many how
0: many business conversations have you had that were like uh, the craziest like <laughs> the craziest shit was said in the meeting and you're like I, if that was public that would be wild yeah but we we just think there's a lot of humor in the business world you know especially in marketing
1: there's a lot of masking going on there's a lot of people putting on a face for the you know
0: And it's all wrong. It's always
1: always like, yeah, I just wrote that on my resume because that's what everybody else got on there. I don't really, you know, it's just like, okay, what are we doing?
0: People trying to sell themselves or sell themselves incorrectly, you know, or like trying to be bigger than themselves, which I'm sure you deal with with small business clients. Like, you know, that's usually kind of a goal is like, hey, we're going to make you look a little bit bigger, more mature than you might actually be, but that's part of the branding we're going to set you up with. Um, Sorry, we cut you off.
2: No, I mean with what you were just saying, I was going to say I think there's there's certainly some herd uh, mentality in marketing where, where you said I'm just going to say this just because that's the the key key line to say or something because I've heard so many people just uh, you know saying the conventional marketing wisdom and it's it's uh, sometimes I agree with this sometimes I don't but I'm happy to explain what the uh, first touch point and and that last touch point. Please, is, please, yes, please. Yeah, so um, you know, first touchpoint uh, attribution let's say you run uh uh you do a mailer and you run a social media campaign after you do, you know, a, a variety of channels. So that first touchpoint is that first piece of uh of content that hit them, wherever that is, whether that's on a TV ad, a mail ad, a social media ad. But that that first piece that uh maybe they didn't go ahead and submit their lead yet or their contact information or make the purchase yet. Um, that first contact makes, uh, receives all the attribution and, and says, that's the reason why we got that sale. The last touch point attribution is, okay, you may have been working these people for a long period of time, uh, doing email newsletters and all kinds of, you know, elements, but then, uh, you ultimately, it was a Google search ad or whatever it was that, you know that you that that was the final ad, and that's where they submitted their information or made the purchase. That's the last touch point. And then there's multi touch point, and this is the one that I don't think people or as a marketing industry, we're very good at yet, which is um, how to attribute it for all the different touch points that have occurred through the customer's 100% journey.
0: hundred percent agree. Like, um, first off, if you can get attribution to show uh, just all the touch points and that they touched them. <laughs>
1: Or not? Yeah, that's what I'm like, how that, do you even do like, that? How like do you connect that, all that? You're, that's step
0: one first. Like that part. That part. A lot of people. Omni-channel is a big, cool marketing term that a lot of people do in the sales pitch, and it, you know what it means, kind of. Uh, uh, as We're someone can do
1: a lot of stuff.
0: Well, right, and it's like just like you're saying. I, I go to the car scenario, buying a car. They say on average there's 25 touch points before you buy a car. 19 or digital, right? And that first touch point could be driving by the dealership. It could be a Chevy dealership where you, you just know the Chevy brand. Technically, that would be the first touch point, right? Um, or it would be a snail mailer or, um, you know, a referral or whatever it is. There's a myriad of different first touches, right? And then, the, you know, the closing touches might be, you know, you think you're doing pocket research on the car, so you can negotiate a price while you're on the lot, but they got you geofenced in. So when you're searching for organic stuff, it's all websites they've made to, yeah, to, yeah. to curl you back in, right? Or they're geofencing you in when you're trying to search. So there's a lot of cool, uh, kind of cool, not for the user necessarily, the consumer. because get of them a don't,
1: VPN, no big deal?
0: A lot of them don't know, but you're correct. Like It's so tough to weight this correctly. How do you
1: weight it? Do you have a... a <laughs> Without well, having like an a, extensive survey of the customer.
0: Well, right. But you, they don't even know half the time. That's why, I right. like, those forums where they go, How'd you hear about us? I, I never give them a high, I, that's like a fun thing to ask, but I never think that's, I, it's not a high confidence rate of, of, of what they thought. Like, you put Google mm. ad, did you click on an ad or search? People 90% of the time search,
1: mm-hmm.
0: even if they clicked an ad because yeah. they don't know the difference. So, and they don't care. Yeah. And a lot a lot and like of, you
2: said, sometimes things are passive and some things are, are more active that you're aware of what's radio what you're radio seeing. Ads, but,
0: right? It, yeah. That that could be playing in your head. My kids know the Morgan and Morgan How law, that's all they wanna do. They, to they love sound drop. They love all that stuff and I'm like, Oh my god, they got my kids to sing it to me when they're not when the ad's not on there. I I need serious radio or something. Yeah uh, sure. But yeah. uh what how how I know it's really tough to give an answer for this in a blanket kind of way, but how do you give attribution? How do you figure out how to give the correct weight to touch points?
2: Yeah, well, this is something, um, you know, there's some theories on it or some different uh, research and things about it, but I plan to to try to, try to figure that out in a way that is very um, – like I said, able to be done on the front end of a projection, but also able to do afterwards uh, once a, a campaign is done and results have happened. And so I'm going to be going to, um, I know you guys are there in Tampa. Uh, I'm going to be going to uh, university of Florida's uh, well in Gainesville. there, um doing a DBA starting in July, this is a, a doctorate of business administration. So it's the step past the NBA. You got your cutoff jean
0: shorts. Board, yeah. <laughs>
2: And my whole goal with this is to – is that what they do in Gainesville? Oh, you don't know
0: about Jorts, bro? Oh, yeah.
2: I mean, I know about Jorts, but I don't know about what they do in Gainesville. It's the
0: swamp, man. It's the coldest and hottest place in Florida, according to my dad. Um, And it does feel that way because it is on a swamp land. Yeah? Yeah. But they love Jorts. It's like the running joke. The running kind of like
2: okay. I might have to get me a pair before I, I head out there. And you either. mean make but you a pair? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You make got
0: jeans, right? Made. You mm-hmm. can't
1: just buy a pair.
0: No, you can't buy distressed no cutoffs.
1: No hemming.
0: <laughs> but but yeah, uh, and that's a great program you're going into there. Um, I know all the yeah. business and mathematics at uh, UF is uh, is outstanding. You'll be one of the few non-Asian people probably in it. Um. Just something to throw out there. I, I don't, don't know. know. Got a lot of international
1: I'm sure Brandon has but
0: so what do you what are you, you gonna be working on for your DBA?
2: Yeah, so you know it's a the first couple years is so first this is a program made for people that are gonna continue working. So it's for executives who you know, you, you do ten, fifteen hours a week and, and you do some weekend residencies, but it doesn't mean I'm stopping my, my career. But as I go out there, uh, then I'm gonna be Uh, probably focusing my project on this marketing attribution and and the synergy that's built between different channels. So uh, the best way I can describe it is like, let's say uh, you're running a TV ad, a radio ad, and a social media ad, and you take out the, the radio ad, what does that do to the total revenue? You put the radio ad back in, what does that do to the total revenue? And so it's not about, okay, what did the TV ad do? Because do, you could probably track that with unique phone numbers, unique web URLs, you know, what, the same with the social media ad. It's, it's about what did the synergy, the intermingling, the mix of the whole, the, all the different channels do together to, to create a result. And you could, I'm mentioning it in a simple way of three variables, but you could probably put, you know, 20 variables no, that's...
0: together. That's brilliant, yeah. and it's right really under all, it's all it's right under our noses because it's like, oh yeah, obvious. That makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah, just take it out. Yeah, and you'll figure it out with the data when it's not there. But I could, I probably, if you gave me that problem to figure out, it would take me a long time to well, get to that. Well, I
1: mean, you, that requires patience because then that means you're not. I'm the most patient guy on earth. You're not even like you know. Then you don't have those marketing dollars going out. You're not spending, and you're not you know. And that's like. For a lot of marketing executives, that is not fun time. They well, want, that to, they want f- to get it as much as they can because they don't want to lose that, that revenue. Well, that's my
0: first thought, right? Was like, you'd have to be doing that with live campaigns. But if you just had enough data, sample size data, you could run those, you could run that kind of with previous six months or whatever, right?
1: Could you though? Because but if you're changing all the time, ballers.
0: if you're adapting all the time and changing a lot all the time, then it's going to be tough. But, oh,
1: okay. I see what you're
0: Because that's how we normally have to do things. But he's talking, they actually plan stuff and then they don't fidget with it every other day.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. You know, it's, uh, that, that's part of the, the challenge. I got to figure out how to make it, you know, practical in that. But the way I've seen this is like, um, there's a, sometimes I, I taught it in a marketing class once, um, uh, for an MBA class that was like with the Harvard uh, business review has this program where it's a, it's a simulation of you're running a company and you are choosing on the product price, place, promotion, all the, like maybe there's 10 different variables in all of those four P's and you're changing the levers on each one. But so you add 20 times four, there's 80 variables and every little change in variables does something to the overall. Now, the thing is that simulation is still somebody plugging in that, Hey, moving this lever this way is going to create this result. But, um, I guess my goal is probably to do something like that. But I think one of the biggest challenges is going to be, okay, while you can maybe line up 20 different kinds of marketing channels and how they all mingle, it's location differs. Seasonality differs. uh, Uh, you know, uh, as, as society moves on year after year, it differs. So how do you keep up with the current uh, environment that's out there? I think that will be the biggest challenge. So,
0: yeah, I I think uh, like you're saying to figure out it's a big algebra problem in my head. I don't know if that's how you see it, but it's like, if you think about it, you try to find the common denominator to take out all those trending seasonal uh, year to year if you can, right? all those things that Mm -hmm. may be a variable that's, that's uh, not qualified to gauge against. Right. Um, And then, so you can strip it so that that common denominator is able to be able now you're all, everything's kind of where it should be like um, without any temporary kind of volatility. Does that make sense? Is that,
2: you know, th- this is, is really brilliant. I'm glad I'm having the conversation because I'm kind of brainstorming it out. And, and I think that's it because the way I looked at this when you just said it is like, I don't know what it's called, but you know, those uh, kind of like splicers for like a tomato, you stick a tomato in the, and you, you pull it down it and it chops it up. Mm-hmm. You, those, those align in a certain way that every time it, it falls, you know, like a scissor falls in between. So, so what you're saying is like, okay, just get that hop uh, layer or, or one, like get, get, get the framework that never changes figured out. And then every single person after that can put the, the layer that is unique to them. And it just is a filter. It's a filter. Basically you're putting a filter on top of the photo. You right. know what I mean, like,
0: when, what I'm trying to say is take, uh, take out anything that, so let's say a trending topic, right? That, that's going to adjust your SEO and maybe you'd adjust your PPC to that, right? Your online ads, right? So take out the trending, what, however, you figure out that VIG is, that, that, that delta is on the trending for those two tactics. And then you got to look at the other eight categories you might be doing. Like, did this affect, or snail mail, that I need to deduct whatever? Did this affect that? And then, then figure out the percentages. So anything that's yeah. temporary, or anything that's um, it, it, that you can't really forecast, right? Because trending is really tough mm-hmm. to forecast unless it's seasonal, and it's got mm-hmm. five years of data before those seasons, right? So you can look at it, and then you even have shit like, you know, the COVID year, which uh, it kind of messes a lot of things up. Those those are kind of years you may not want to use, right? Twenty nineteen, twenty twenty, mm-hmm. even twenty twenty one, depending on. What it is, the service of product, but my thing was always like all you do in a lot of algebra and calculus is you try to make everything as as uh
1: balance the equation
0: well, yeah, common denominator, so you can multiply add subtract divide mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and then then makes you so could t- displace that one thing out and go exactly that's how much it, its value
2: exactly, yeah, no that makes a lot of sense and um so and and so what's the purpose behind this uh you know i uh my fiance is in a a uh she studies brain cells and stuff at ucsd out here in a phd and i'm like um you know what some of the stuff they do i'm kind of like okay that it's 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 amazing but what does finding that answer then what do you do with that answer so you know the purpose of of this of, of this is going to be um to solve the problem when we went back earlier in the conversation where i said sometimes i know in my like m- mind or my heart that like the it's this plan is going to work and i can't convince the person to sign off on it now i'll be able to come with a system and present it hey this is why it's going to work it's not just me telling you it's going to work there's some proof here or after the fact here is exactly how it all affected the result and so that's that's my goal with this is that put that back in that practical uh format
0: and yeah and then an easy way to explain that to the person when you're handing the report to them right because that's part mm-hmm. of this communication's a tough part right we're taking kind of a complex math problem and then you got you know i know i've done this before like i get the report and i'm like ah good it's like doing a term paper. Like I got it done for the client, you know, like, and then I don't, I never think about it. And then we meet, I'm like, oh shit, I should have prepped a way to explain some of this high level stuff. Right. And so here, here's something I'm going to pitch to you and maybe we'll keep in touch uh, as you're doing this project. Cause I'm very, I'm very interested in this because it seems like a solvable problem. Right. And, and God knows there's a, there's got to be a w- better way to do this, but it's not the incentives of the agencies usually to do it because they're trying to kind of they're trying to hide some numbers sometimes. Right. Yeah. They're trying to charge you on ad spend, a uh, 20% vig, you know, get those some some of those things under the curtain under the rug, which is I don't think the best way to do business long term, honestly. Um, but my thing with reporting, I want it to be like doctor's vitals. Right? Doctor goes does rounds. They look at a uh, clipboard What's the first thing? Your vitals.
1: Standardized.
0: Th- that should be your ROI, right? And then maybe your top three things that are indicators of that. Here are the top three things. We need to look for click percentage on our online organic and ads. We need to look at you know, how many people contact us for that initial sales call from our snail mail and this other indicator, whatever it is, right? These are our big three to look out for that you can always jump in, look at those stats when I'm not around. Then every mm-hmm. all the pages behind it are all just the backup for each tactic yeah. you're doing, right? Um, that makes sense. By, by category, like tactical category, and then by platform within that. Uh, because mm-hmm. people get caught up, they really get hung up in little things that don't matter, I feel like. Mm-hmm. We're not that mm-hmm. great at understanding analytics, I think. And I think that first page needs to have cost per lead, cost per acquisition, average revenue, you know, first year of a service, if you're a service company or average revenue, first time purchase,
1: industry benchmarks,
0: then lifetime. What does
1: good look like? Nobody knows what, oh, is that a good number? You have to put that shit on there too, so they know. Right. You have to be honest with it.
0: And here's what I do that I like doing, and I point it out because I think it's, it's integrity wise. This is how they look at it anyway, but I think it's an integrity thing. I'll show the, here, you sp- you're spending every dollar. You're getting, for every dollar you're spending, you're getting 38 back, right? This is a real scenario I had. Then I had an adjusted ROI, and I go, here's my management fee. You're paying every month on top of that. This is how you see it. That, that, I know mm-hmm. that. That's how right. business owners see it, right? Uh, mm-hmm. here's, here's why I started doing it. Because they feel that number is a lot lower than it actually is with your fee in. But they never really did the, the simple uh, you know, math on it. Yeah. So I put the adjusted ROI. Here's your ROI. One well, for every one dollar you're getting thirty eight back. Here's the well, you adjusted call
1: one ROI and the other one return on ads. I just call it just adjust, adjusted ad
0: ROI because it's oh, it's everything. Oh,
1: I'm saying for your when you include your management fee, you <laughs> call that one the ROI. Well,
0: I, I call it adjusted because I don't want to confuse the two because I want to be, I want to be able to boast. Hey, for every dollar we're spending, we're getting thirty eight back. And then the adjusted yeah, your,
2: your work is 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 creating this, but now th- this is what you cost and then this is what they profit still after and
0: you, that. Yeah, and yeah. usually whatever tactics I'm doing and the fee of the agency or myself as a fractional CMO, it's usually all their marketing spend, right? It's all under things I'm touching. And so I mm-hmm. put the adjusted ROI and go, okay, for every dollar you're spending with the fee and everything else, it's for every dollar we're spending, we're get 35 back.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: that you know does it has it really moved the needle that much no if people that understand that's great <laughs> uh if they if real business are more mature businesses read that they'd fucking go ballistic if you if you're getting 35 to 1
2: yeah yeah i mean if you're doing that the thing that they should be and and you can prove it to them if they're you know smart and they've got cash flow they should be uh investing until that 35 to one diminishes down to where there's no more Mm -hmm. until their money can go do something better elsewhere or and at that point then maybe they even tell you hey create another campaign a different channel a different campaign a different location that uh restarts that uh you know eliminates that diminishing return but they should pursue that To the fullest until diminishing returns start
0: to occur. Look, dude, uh, we'll get our math lead on uh, because we got to close this episode out. It was good talking to you. I know math is a little tough to talk on the podcast sometimes, so I think we did a pretty good, fair job. Um, uh, Thanks for having me on. Where can people find you? Uh, Where where should they go to find you on LinkedIn? Is that what you said earlier?
2: Yeah, probably LinkedIn, uh, Brandon, B R A N D E N, uh, and then Cobb, C O B B. I also, I, I do this fractional marketing service under marketingexec.us, so you can find me there as well.
0: And then uh, you'll be Dr. Cobb after the
2: program? If all goes as, as planned, yes.
0: All right, get your George's going. Get them ready.
2: All right, well do. All
0: right, buddy. Thanks, man. Thanks.
2: All right, thank you.